What Not the Podcast, Lent Up Early. This is Pastor Wolf Mueller on March the 8th, Year of Our Lord, 2022. Up early, but didn't record. Oh, one segment got recorded this morning on Psalm 17. And then a question just now on baptism without words. Is that a valid baptism? Great question. A few reflections on that as well. So here you go. Here's a devotional thought, Psalm 17. Last week we were singing the hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, which is a meditation on the body of Jesus as it hangs on the cross. Really quite profound. There's something like that happening in Psalm 17. Take a look at it sometime today. Look at how it talks about the the face of God. It says, give ear to my prayer in verse 1. Let your eyes behold it says in verse 2 and it goes on to talk about that in verse 6 incline your ear to me it also talks about the lord's lips in verse 4 his ears again in verse 6 but then it's not until the end that we see the lord face to face this is the beautiful ending of the psalm verse 15 as for me i shall behold your face in righteousness when i awake I shall be satisfied with your likeness. That likeness which the Lord gave us at the beginning, he brings us to at the end. And this is a beautiful promise. When I awake, I will see your face. That's the beautific vision and the hope of every Christian. That's how the book of Revelation ends. They will see Jesus face to face. And of all the sweet names of death, I think that's my favorite, to see the Lord face to face. May God grant it. And may it grant you joy in considering this text, Psalm 17, today. Here's a question about baptism where no words were spoken. How about this? Very interesting. It says, uh, this is from Melissa who says, I watch your YouTube channel and have a question for you. I visited my brother's church this weekend. He's a Baptist. They had a baptism. Didn't seem to be a big deal. They stood in the pool, or whatever it's called, told how the young man had chosen to be baptized and more or less dunked him in the water. My sister asked me today if that was a real baptism. I said it depends on your doctrine. For Baptists, I would say yes. For Lutherans, no words no words were spoken. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you, Melissa. Well, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for the question. What a curious thing. Jesus, when he tells us to baptize, says to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And really, this is a question about the validity of baptism, and the validity of baptism comes from that name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that that name would be spoken. This would be, even for a Baptist, a deviation from their own practice and their own tradition. Uh, Recently, there was a news story about a Catholic priest who was uh, using a different baptismal formula. He was saying, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the Catholic Church said that all the thousands of baptisms that that guy did were invalid. I think that's wrong, by the way. Uh, Jesus doesn't say, I baptize or we baptize. That's an added tradition to the church. Although, I baptize is what you should say, but... I don't think that invalidates it, but what validate what makes a valid baptism is the words understood as a true confession of the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. So it's not the the vocables that are spoken as if 
um, as if it was a magic formula. You know, some like you imagine some sort of wizard school where they're teaching you to pronounce the thing correctly so that then the magic happens. That's not how baptism works at all. In fact, we would say that if there was a, a church that denied the doctrine of the Trinity, say a Unitarian church, and they use the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, but they don't understand that to be a confession of the Trinity, that that is not a valid baptism. On the other hand, if you have a Trinitarian church, uh, and the words are not used properly. Say, for example, the pastor loses his place and he says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and just doesn't notice that he made that mistake. Is that a valid baptism? Well, absolutely, because everyone understands that we're confessing the Holy Trinity. But what if no words at all are used? I would say at first, I mean, on the, the, the first pass at it is to say that it's really foolish. It's foolish to to have such a baptism where the Lord's name is not spoken according to the command of Jesus because it introduces the question here. And if someone came to me and they said, well, I was baptized in this way, but the words were not spoken, I think I would baptize them. I would uh, bring them to the font and apply water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and give them that. And not, not a rebaptism, because I'd say that that was probably not a baptism uh, that happened there. But here's the point, is we just don't know. You, you've separated yourself so far from the institution and the words of institution and the instructions of Jesus that you've introduced a question where the Lord wants to give certainty. And that's the point. Now, there's often confusion about this very interesting thing, and that is that the validity of baptism is different than the validity of the Lord's Supper. And, and we draw this theological conclusion from the words that Jesus uses. So in Matthew 28, when Jesus institutes baptism, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that Jesus connects the gift of baptism to the confession of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So even if someone has a bad doctrine of baptism, say someone says that baptism is just a symbol or that baptism is your confession of faith or that baptism is your uh, first act of obedience, or baptism is a sign that you enter into the covenant. Those are all false doctrines about what baptism does and gives. And yet, if they confess the Holy Trinity, then we say that they have a valid baptism. So the Lutheran Church doesn't baptize people who come from the Baptist Church or Catholic Church or even the Charismatic Church. Even though we disagree with their doctrine of baptism, we agree with their doctrine of the Trinity, and we acknowledge their baptisms as valid and say that the Lord Jesus gave new birth and, and the forgiveness of sins and clothed them in Christ, even though they didn't know that's what Jesus was doing. How wonderful is that? My old professor, Dr. Markwort, who you'll get to meet in heaven, used to say that every bap uh, baby baptized in the Roman Catholic Church is baptized with a Lutheran baptism, which is great. On the other hand, the Lord's Supper is different. Because the words that Jesus uses on Monday, Thursday to institute the supper are words of the supper. Jesus says, this is my body and this is my blood. And so the validity of the Lord's Supper is bound to the confession of the supper. 
So if a person denies that the bread is the body and the blood is the wine, then they do not have a valid supper. They don't have the body and the blood. They just have bread and wine, which is ironically what they think they have. The problem is what they think they have and what they do have is not what Jesus wants to give. His body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. So uh, so the question of the validity of the Lord's Supper is different than the question of the validity of baptism. And see what a wondrous thing the Lord Jesus has done in, in giving the gift of a valid baptism to so many people who have a false doctrine of baptism. It really seems to me to be a gift of God's grace. So thank you for the question. Really wonderful question, Melissa. Hope that's helpful for you. Lint up early, what not the podcast. That what not is the podcast is named after what not the email, which I try to send out every Wednesday, a free email newslettery kind of thing. I think I'll send one. I need to do the free book for March too. If you go sign up for that, then uh, maybe you'll win the free book tomorrow morning. If I remember to do that, it's wolfmuller.co is where all the theology is. Click on the Wednesday whatnot, or it's there on the sidebar. Or, slash Wednesday. You'll find it there. That's great. There's books uh, for free downloading, a bunch of theology, a lot of videos there, an interesting reflection on the temptation of Jesus on the YouTube. Oh, I put that on the podcast too. If you're listening to the podcast, you might have heard that on Sunday. That's what ends up on the YouTube channel as well. So hopefully this is helpful and encouraging for you, helps you to connect the dots with the scripture and have that joy of theology, which the Lord wants to give to us because he, look, he looks at us and he says, he says, I love you. You're mine. You belong to me. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, this is what Jesus was doing on the cross, winning that salvation for sinners. Oh, it's just so God be praised for that. Hope, hopefully the Lord uh, is giving you that confidence and that courage and that peace. Keep in touch. Keep those questions coming. They're really great. And Lord willing, we'll talk to you soon.